0: Hey guys, it's Kat. So before today's episode starts, I wanted to plug my Patreon. By contributing every month, you'll get access to exclusive episodes and creative content. The funding helps me afford new equipment and a better listening experience for you. The link to that Patreon is going to be www.patreon.com slash I'll leave that link in the description below, but if uninterested, enjoy today's episode. Bye. Test, test, one, two, three. Test, test, one, two, three. Hey guys. Welcome to Brain Food. This is episode seven of season three. I'm going to get quite comfortable today. I just had to redo this intro four times and I'm feeling today we're going to talk about borderline personality disorder. Um, It's not an easy thing for me to talk about, but it's definitely the thing I struggle with most. If you couldn't tell, I'm also a little bit more blonde. Um, I'm also going to get rid of these goofy ass headphones because I'm pretty tired of them. They make me look wonky. They're good headphones, but let's be for real. I look a little crazy. Um, But yeah, today, I think we're just going to talk about today some stuff I'm comfortable talking about. And I think a lot of people struggle with borderline, whether they know it or not. Um, It also not goes hand in hand with ADHD, but a lot of people have ADHD struggle with borderline personality disorder. And I feel like that is a great majority of teens. So, today's going to be a relatable episode. I don't know if the past couple episodes have been the most relatable, but they've been interesting but not as relatable. Um, I want today to be very easygoing. It's finals week. Oh my god, guys, I have so much news. <gasps> this is actually so exciting because I can like update you guys like you're my friends. Okay, I have some really a lot of news, some great news, I'm not going to lie. So, I quit my old job, I'm not there anymore. Um, wasn't a bad job. I just deserve a lot better. Trained to do a lot better. Um, I got a new job. So that's one thing. Um, I got into film school. I got into the film program here at FIT. So that's another great thing. Because um, I feel like last episode, I, th- I think I recorded it before I found out or before it was finalized. That's a whole other story in itself. But that's a great thing that has happened in the month of April. I got an apartment. Um, I'm moving into my first apartment this month. Um, did it all by myself. Very proud of myself. Um, and I'm two months so Two months. Two years sober um, at the end of May. So that's like another great thing. I'm sorry I haven't been as present, you guys. Um, been really, really busy. Not busy in the way that I used to be. I'm very busy in the way of school because college is hard. College is hard in itself. And then you have to implement yourself in New York City, which is... It has been a adjustment, to say the least. And I love it here. And I can't imagine myself anywhere else. I'm moving here. Um, and all that hard work really paid off. And I know that, you know, I've been doing episodes every two weeks. My numbers haven't been as high as they used to be. Um, but that's part of adulting. And... I've I've come to the consensus of like I'm gonna do things at my pace now and I'm not I'm not gonna over you know well myself with needing to do things 24 7 I can do things 24 7 but also balance it out and I think that was my problem in the fall I look back at the fall and fuck I was miserable guys I didn't want to admit it then but I was really struggling a lot um but I, I don't think I was aware of it at the time I, I think I was very um I was shutting down and I wasn't interested in the things that I used to be interested in. And I think that was um, making my own ego and my own personality. I, it was like, okay, so you're really good at this thing, but do you want to do it for the rest of your life? And I wasn't confronting the fact that I didn't want to. I, I knew that I didn't want to before I, I even went to school here. I knew that I love it, but I didn't. I knew that I didn't love it enough to do it for the rest of my life or for the majority of my life and that off the bat and then trying to pretend that I wasn't thinking that all through the first semester of (laughs) college it made me really unhappy and I look back at where I was and where I am now and it is like it's a crazy difference even though you know it might not seem like it right now I'm gonna get comfortable guys like (laughs) <laughs> I remember I did an episode one time where I literally just like lay down and I was just like yeah so I'm going back to school like I literally I have a lot of shit to do but I'm really excited for today's episode um just been a little pooped lately but this is something I like to talk about and I thought about it all last night and I was like I, I was gonna do depression and I was gonna do ADHD and I was gonna do I was gonna do trickle to mania I was gonna do these interesting things, but I kind of, you know, this selfish little voice in me was like, "Cat, let's just talk about what you know best and, you know, tell some stories about yourself, try to relate to some people, help them out a little bit, and you'll be okay. Um, Today's going to be a longer episode, I think. I have have a lot of fucking stories to talk about. Um, So if you guys don't know what borderline is, um, it's very similar to bipolar, which we've talked about. It's... um, I have ADHD. I have ADD. I have depression. I have anxiety. Wah, wah, boo-hoo. I have mental illness. Whatever. Um, But borderline is probably the the hardest thing I've struggled with my entire life. And I wasn't even diagnosed with it. You know, I was 14 or 13 when I was diagnosed with it. And for the most part, let me look up the scientific, you know, explanation definition of this before i'm like my borderline like and i'm completely wrong and people fucking yell at me um also the 26 mark minute i'm gonna have to take a little break because this camera for some reason doesn't like to record past 30 minutes all right borderline oh i'm in airplane mode how kind borderline personality disorder okay a mental disorder characterized by un- by unstable moods, behavior, and relationships. The cause of borderline personality disorder isn't well understood. Diagnosis is made based on symptoms. Symptoms. Rec- blah, 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 blah. Symptoms include emotionally. Blah 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 blah. Um. It's more or less just like intense mood swings, and you know, my doctor at least told me this. i I've, I've had multiple doctors tell me this. They think that because i had adhd as a kid and i read this statistic the statistic the other day and i was like fuck dude like how is that even real that 70% 30 to 70 which 30 to 70 is kind of like okay <laughs> let's just say everybody then or not over nobody <laughs> but it said at least 30 to 70% of children who st- struggle with adhd will not keep a relationship for more than a year and it is it it is close to impossible to make friends as a kid when you have ADHD or you know making friends is close to impossible and keeping friends is just out of the picture for the most part and that's what my that's what my psychiatrist my psychologist my therapist told me like hey this is probably why you're diagnosed with borderline and this is probably why you have borderline it was just like this intense fear of like abandonment not fitting in, people not paying attention to you. And, like, when they told me that, I was like, eh, fuck you, like, people like me. And, like, my parents paid attention to me and my family paid attention to me. But, like, the more and more I thought about it, like, you know, I could have all those things, but, like, if the people I'm around more than my parents are the polar opposite of the way that my parents are treating me, that probably fucked me up as a kid. Um, And the thing that came to mind was I remember... It was like this shifting moment in my life and I I never really realized it until I was thinking about it last night. I went on this cruise with my parents to Europe and I was 13 turning 14 like I I was almost 14, like 13, 14. And I was going, it was a year before I started eighth grade and middle school was fucking awful for me and I've talked about it on here. If somebody had to put me back, I would rather shoot myself than go back to middle school or at least that time period, like seventh and eighth grade. And that's that's when I started to like dabble with with drugs, you know, wasn't addicted, wasn't doing them a lot. But that's when I started to do them and realized, like, oh, this is an outlet I can take advantage of if I don't want to feel things. I didn't have any friends. And if I did have friends, they weren't real friends. I was losing them left and right. I was having a really hard time at home. I was just really violent during that time and up until I was like 15 or 16 I was an extremely violent person and I remember I went on this cruise with my parents and my sister and I think about it now and I'm like this was this was like a trigger for a really like this was a really big trigger that looking back at it now was the reason why I had a really hard time with things not to blame it but it's a direct cause of why I had a really hard time after this for like two or three years. I, I just remember like thinking like I, I'm going to make friends and I'm going to meet kids my age that aren't going to hate me because they don't know me. They don't know my history. They don't, they don't know anything about me so they're not going to hate me. And um. I think also at that time I was in a, I was in a toxic cycle of like, I just have so much to say. Like, it's honestly crazy to even try to begin to explain this. But I, at that time, I just had a really toxic cycle of, um, you know, making friends. Sorry, I'm just going to, you know, check that I'm recording because sometimes my computer just decides to wipe shit out. Um, I had this habit of lying to people. Not for the reason of lying. Not for the reason of, like, mm, I don't want them to find out something. Like, lying about myself. And lying to people about myself so they would like me. Because I knew, or at least I thought, that the real me people didn't like. Because every time I showed the real part of myself, the real cat, people were either disgusted by it or they just straight out ignored me. So if I started acting erratic, crazy, making up shit, or at least telling people crazy shit as if it were real, people would be interested in me. And they were. But it didn't mean that, that they thought good things about me. They either knew I was lying or either thought those stories were real and I was a fucking crazy person. And it was during that time. It was before that. So, like, this was in the summer I went on that cruise. And, like, you know, seventh grade and eighth grade were really hard. But seventh grade is when I was doing shit like that. Just making up shit so, like, people would pay attention to me. Because if I didn't, nobody would talk to me. And it wasn't like I had an issue talking to other people because I didn't. It it was just like, no matter what I did, if I shut my mouth, nobody would talk to me. No, Nobody would. Um, You know, it's a fault of my own. Like, nobody talked to me because I was, you know, crazy, saying crazy shit. But I went on that cruise and it was just like, after this hard year, after this whatever hardship I was going through, I was like, I'm going to meet some kids my age and they're going to like me because they don't know who I am. They don't know about what, what I'm, what my personality is. They don't know anything about me. So if I just show them the real cat, hopefully they they'll like me and they did. And it was great. And they like, you know, I made friends with like kids like, cause it was like a two week cruise. So like I was spending every day and then we we're going excursions with our families. And I, and I just remember like this turn where like, all of a sudden like you know they wanted to drink and they wanted to smoke and everything turned sexual really fast and I was 13 and I was hanging out with kids that were like 16 17 and like 18 and like the drinking age in Europe is 16 so like they're all getting fucked up and I'm and I'm sitting there like at the time like "Mm, I know this is an option but like at the time like I wasn't an addict yet I wasn't struggling with addiction like So I was kind of uncomfortable with those things still. we're like, you know, I'll do it, but not if my parents are around. And, like, I was on the cruise with my parents. So I was like, I don't want to do this shit. Um, But doing that shit made those people like me. Because they're like, oh, look at this little kid, like, smoking a cigarette. Like, I remember smoking, like, cigarettes on, like, the edge of the boat. With, like, fucking 17 and 18-year-old kids. Like, and I was 13. And I think shit like that fucked me up. Like you know thinking back at it now like those kids were probably making fun of me but at the time I was like oh I'm so cool like I just think you know nothing like crazy happened while I was on that cruise but I I just remember thinking like I have to do all of these things that I don't want to do for people to like me and that made me hate myself so much like I could never just be myself I either had to do drugs, do something crazy to impress someone, you know, make myself not myself for me to even interact with people. So I just remember like these older kids, like wanting to like hook up with me. And I'm just like, I'm a 13 year old girl. Like I just want to talk to people. Like I don't want to be doing all this stuff. And I think, I think back at it now, like I never enjoyed doing drugs in the beginning ever it was just to like move along stay with the crowd but I always ended up with the wrong crowd and I just think I was I was dealt a really bad hand when it came to those people like and then the summer passed and like this whole thing happened with my parents where like this kid tried to hook up with me and I like told them it made me uncomfortable and I did this really fucked up thing where I was just like they didn't believe me at first. So I was like, "Oh, he raped me," and like, you know, I was like a thirteen-year-old kid, and I was just like, "I need someone to see me. I just, I just need someone to hear me." Like, and I think that time period just fucked me up so bad. And like, you know, I don't want to sit here and you know, victimize myself, but like, I think that's where my borderline comes from. Like, I, you know, I can trace it back as far to, far back as to when I was like five, six, seven years old when kids didn't fucking like me, and that followed me up until I was like. 16 I don't think I ever was the problem the problem until I was until that time period passed after that summer because then like you know these ideas enter my mind like oh if I do if I really do crazy stuff if I start doing drugs like people popular kids will like me and then that crazy hierarchy of high school entered and like the year eighth grade was just a shit show and I've talked about it I don't want to fucking talk about it again. High school happened and I, I just, I just became really cold person. I was either really extremely cold or extremely manic. And there was no in between because my manic was my happiness and my coldness was my sadness. And they were just between the two extremes. There was never a healthy medium. And I, I just, I look at myself now and I'm just so different, but I'm not at the same time. Because I f- I feel that fucking person that I was following me everywhere I go, and I'm not ashamed of that person, but I do hate them for making me so emotionally cut off. Because you know this path this path the mo- this past month has been especially hard for me when it comes to relationships. Listen, I've had the fucking best news of my life this month. Financially, it's been great. Been. Really rewarded with a lot of things this month, and that's a great thing about life. Every time you get over a hardship and you're rewarded for it, you're just gonna go right back down and it'll just keep happening and that that means I'm doing something right because if everything's fucking easy for me, what the fuck am I doing? But when it comes to relationships, I think that's something I'm gonna work on this month because I, I recognize my my borderline in me when it comes to relationships, where I'm like, Wow, this person seems like a really—they're gonna be a really good friend. Oh no, they're lying to me. Boom, you're i done. Six months, done. And, and I try to convince myself that that's not what I do, but I do. I, I either get bored or start to feel trapped, and I push people away, or I do something so horrible that they're like, I'm done. And I never and I never end up wanting to do the bad thing, but if I don't, I start to feel trapped subconsciously I do this shit too like I will emotionally just shut off my brain if I start to feel like I'm getting too close to a person and I hate that about myself um so I'll I'll talk about some shit that's happened this month so when it comes to ow when it comes to romantic stuff I think I've been pretty much stunted because of some of the shit that's happened to me you know, I talked about last episode with that whole thing that happened to me when I was in high school. And, like, and then COVID happened right after that. So, like, I really didn't have the, you know, time to experience intimacy with anybody. And I've I've never really been a touchy person. Been over that a million times. I'm very much, don't touch me. But I wasn't always like that. Um, I never really enjoyed physical touch. But I wasn't so quick to be like, don't fucking touch me. I just I just think it's because of the way that people have treated me. Um, you know, it's half my fault. It's half their fault. And I never want to be like, you know, people treated me so bad. And blah, 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 but it, it, that's just, it's just the truth. Um, I feel like if people didn't treat me that way, I'd be a little bit more happy-go-lucky. But maybe I'd be upset with other, thi- other areas of my life. So it is what it is. I'm just... Explaining, I think, it, it this is very therapeutic for me to just be like, oh, this has happened, and this and that happened, blah, 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 blah. because at the end of the day, look at me, like, I have great grades, I have great friends, I have a great family, and I just have little things to work on here and there, things that I can work out, and that's life. And like I said, if everything was easy, what the fuck am I doing? Um, but this this past month. April and a little bit of March. Um I I started talking, I started dating, not dating, but going on dates. And the idea of dating is nice to me, and I've talked about it before. I just don't think I'm either I'm either not ready yet or I don't want to yet. And it's also a really hard thing for me too because To get into a relationship with someone, especially with me, I'm not a difficult person but I'm a really complex person when it comes to relationships where I have a lot of wants, I have a lot of needs, I just have a lot of shit that comes with me as a package and one of those things is intimacy. I'm practicing celibacy until I'm two years sober and if I'm going to be honest, I think I'm going to do it until I'm three years sober and people have a really big issue with that when it comes to dating because all they want is sex. And I'm just not interested in that right now. And I'm practicing celibacy. So I'm not going to give up my celibacy because you want to have sex with me. And when it comes to dating, especially in the city, that's all people want. I'm going to be straight up. That's all fucking people want. And, you know, God bless me with a man if they don't just want to have, you know, sex. But it's it was really hard for me last month because... I tend to really like a guy, really like a guy. We're getting along, getting along. Okay, you don't want to have sex with me? Boom, done. Don't want to talk to me anymore. Or with me, if I start to feel myself getting too close to a person and it, and it is going on to the road of dating, I fucking dip. And sometimes I don't even think about that that's how I'm doing it. I just, I think something in my brain just shuts off. And I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to this guy in a while. What happened? And then I think about it, it's like, oh, because you were probably just on the brink of dating and you fucking ran away. You know, not proud of it, but it is what it is. I'm sorry, I'm just checking how much time we're at. All right, we're at 21 minutes. We got four more minutes, but I hate that I do that. And I don't want it to become a thing where, like, I'm so self-aware of it because I'm half self-aware of it. Looking back, reflecting on it, I'm like oh, that's what I did. But when I'm in it, I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking like, oh, I don't want to date you because I don't date. Like if I'm getting along with the person, boom. This past week, I've been getting along with this person in my life where it's been like, boom, great sexual attraction. We get along great, similar interests, all of everything's good. But I know fucking next week I'm going to think of something that's wrong with them and I'm just going to be like, boom, I'm done. And I don't want to do that. But at the same time, it's kind of like self-sabotage. Like, I I know that sex is a really important part of being in a relationship with somebody. And especially for my taste in, in men and in people, it's usually a little bit older. Because, you know, fuck people my age, especially in the city. They're so immature and awful. No offense, but you need to like not live with your mom anymore no offense (laughs) not not live with your mom but like you need to like move out take care of yourself for a little while and then you know get back to me um but yeah I'm gonna talk more about dating in a second we're gonna take a quick break and I will be right back All right, we are back. Sorry. You know, when it starts to get to like that 25 minute mark, I'm like checking my fucking phone like every second. I'm like, oh, it's going to die. It's going to die. It's going to die. Bah. And then, um, sorry, wiki feet rate my foot. Um, (laughs) so we're talking about dating anyway. Um, yeah, I've been talking to this guy and he's perfect. He's perfect. Like everything about him is just what I like strong, ambitious, a little bit taller than me, helpful, considerate, similar interests. It's just down to fucking knack. And I just, I just feel it in my heart. And that, that feeling in my heart is like, Oh, something's gonna be wrong with him. He's going to cheat on you. He's going to secretly have a girlfriend, but I, 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 that's my fucking borderline. You know? And I I hate being self-aware of it because I'm self-aware of it for like a week and then I fucking forget about it. And I'm like, oh, he's so perfect. And then a fucking week later, I'm like, he's going to leave you. He's going to cheat on you. He's going to do something bad. But as long as I keep working on it, and I I don't want to say like this is an ongoing, you know, similar, like it's the same every time because it's not. I've been getting so much better with it. I actually have a great group of friends now. I have people that I'm individually getting close to on a different level. I'm just doing really great. I'm just fucking. I've been grinding very hard lately. And I'm very tired. And that's okay. Because that means I'm I'm doing good. <laughs> and I'm working hard. Doing everything I need to do. I'm just tired. I'm just very tired. Um, but yeah on to bro I, I just fucking blanked like that's how tired i am all i can think about right now is just food all i could talk about food for like a whole episode i'm not even gonna lie like i have two more weeks left of school and then i don't have to have a fucking meal plan ever again i can have actual food that i make in a kitchen because i don't have access to a kitchen i can make so much food and i'm just so excited um, but anyway, I think when it comes to my borderline and my, m- and my sobriety, and I think that's something we're going to talk about now is just, I think my sobriety has helped me in more ways than just not doing drugs and alcohol anymore. Not even on an emotional level, just with like everything in my life. And especially when it comes to relationships, because my relationships, if, if, if I break it down, my relationships with drugs was like a toxic boyfriend or girlfriend. It, it was very like, whoa, Siri, chill. <laughs> um. My relationship with them was was, I am never codependent. The only codependent relationship I've ever had in my life was with drugs. So because that hurt me so bad, I've become a completely independent person, and I've I've grown from that codependency, and I, I'm. I've never been codependent even in childhood and never really was, but I became codependent for a few years and that started to affect my relationships because I was like, it made me fucking paranoid as like really paranoid, like in the same way where I'm like with this guy right now, I'm like, Oh, he's going to cheat on me. Like if I was friends with someone and during that time when I was doing drugs and I was an addict like I'd be like oh they're lying like a literal voice would be in my head like oh they're lying to you they're gonna leave you they're talking shit about you they did something horrible and like you know sometimes I was right but like most of the time I wasn't and it just made me a paranoid maniac Um, and now that I'm not you know drinking and I'm not smoking anymore like I just those thoughts aren't as intense as they were. And I thank God for that. Um, But yeah, like my relationship with drugs and alcohol is not like I fucking hate that person. It's not that. It's not that anymore. It's more like you were a learning lesson. You were a long, long learning lesson. It sucked, but it's over. And all you can do is reflect and work on it now. And that's how I approach relationships now with actual people. Before that time, it was very much like, if I'm not friends with a person anymore, like, fuck you, you know, like, I want nothing to do with you, block them on everything. Like, I've had relationships since I've been sober that, you know what, fucking sucked. Didn't, didn't work out the way that they were supposed to, but I never have ended on bad terms since then. Since May of 2021, I haven't ended on a bad foot with a friend that I'm not friends with anymore in a while like at at all I don't even want to say in a while at all I've had two or three friends where I'm like you know what this just isn't working anymore and I actually communicated like hey I just don't think our personalities are matching up anymore and I just think we're in different places and I need to move on I don't want to ever not talk to you again I'm just I need to I need to have space and 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 I reflect on that now and I'm like you know what I don't want to say it's, it's because I'm not doing drugs anymore, but it's a big factor. You know, what, what sobriety has done for me as a person, you know, I feel like a lot of people that I was also surrounding myself with were very toxic, even though that, you know, I was the toxic one sometimes, like, you know, it doesn't make the other person not toxic, doesn't make the other person not manipulative, just as manipulative as I was. I, I just think that, You know, and sometimes I just don't give myself enough credit and myself a pat on the back. Like, I could sit here and be like, oh, I I don't do this anymore. I don't do these bad things anymore. But, like, if I really think about it, like, if I continued with that stuff, it would have been one of, like, four or five things. Jail, mental hospital, not graduated from high school, no college, or dead. And now I think of the possibilities that I can do with my life now. And there's so many. And and I'm, and I'm living with this disorder. That affects me still. I don't want to sit here and be like, I, I did struggle with it and I don't anymore. I still do. And it's something I'm probably going to struggle with for the rest of my life. It just won't be as intense as it was. And I think adolescence and puberty has a big factor to that too and hormones, but at the same time, like, you see people like Trisha Paytas and just celebrities and, you know, I- I've seen myself act the way that they do. I-, I do it in my head now more than I do it externally. But I have those thoughts still. I, I don't want to sit here and act like I don't. I You know, sometimes when I meet a new person, all I can think about is how they're going to hurt me before a word even comes out of their mouth. Just, you know, from their body language. Because as much as, like, you know, it's not right... Every time, I'm right most of the time. And as much as like this this sucks living with this, my, it makes my intuition pretty great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like I can tell when someone's lying to me. I can tell when someone's bullshitting me. When someone is acting weird. And I can read body language pretty well. But it comes at a cost. Everything comes with its perks. I just, I, I never want to let this part of myself overcome me because it, I can't I won't but it's an everyday struggle I, I won't lie it's not easy sometimes when you know sometimes like my mood swings are so extreme when I'm on my period where like I'm not even trying to be fucking funny right now like I will not talk to anybody just because I I, I need to be self-aware of the way that I can come off sometimes like at work last week people like thought I was like being mean and like mad and like I wasn't, it was just me shutting down emotionally because when I'm PMSing or like I'm on my period, I literally shut down and become emotionalist. I fucking forgot what it's called, but like my mom has it too. When like, the I don't know, something with the blood on the outside of your uterus and it like makes you like really like your homo- hormones go crazy. And even like, okay, let's talk about a story that happened last week. So I haven't missed a day of my, of my meds. I take anxiety meds that are for my, my technically my borderline and my anxiety and my ADHD. So I take 25 milligrams of a medication. I don't want to like be dropping like what I take, but, and then 50 milligrams of another one. That's a lot. I'm not going to lie. Like it's not, it's not a lot, but it's enough to, to like, if I missed a couple of days, like that would fuck with me. So I call my psychiatrist up. I'm like, you I'm going to refill blah, blah, blah. Like two weeks before I was going to run out. So, Just in case something like this would happen, I would still have enough. Call two weeks. A week goes by. I go to CVS. Where's my medication? We don't have it. So I get in this all out, like, because I start to panic. I'm like, if I don't have my meds, like, it's not like I'm going to start acting crazy again or I'm going to pick up a fucking blunt. But like, you know, like, that's not good. It's not ideal. And I get in this all out with the fucking pharmacist i'm like you tell me every time i come here like hey we don't have it call your psychiatrist and then you call me an hour later and tell me that you have it so i don't know what the problem is so whatever i i'm just under the impression that they're gonna call me the next day and tell me that they have it because that's what happened literally every single time but i was wrong (laughs) unfortunately i will admit that i was very wrong um they call me back um, uh, we don't have it. So you need to call your, you know, psychologist. I call my psychiatrist. I mean, I call my psychiatrist and they're like, oh, like we'll refill it right now. And I said, what happened to last week when you said that you were going to do it? And they're like, oh, like, you know, we just sent the doctor a note. He didn't see it. I was like, that was a week ago. How bad is your system? Like, <laughs> so whatever. Another week goes by and I the pharmacy still doesn't have my shit. And I'm like, I have one day of medication left. Like, you need to refill my my stuff. Like, you know, I'm not going to die if I don't have my medication, but it's going to affect me physically. Like, my body, like, you can't, that's, like, the same thing. Like, the same thing of a withdrawal. It's the same thing. Um, So, I ran out of meds. And then I got it back two days. I got it back on track, like, two or three days after. But, like, I started to feel delirious. I started to feel, like... My emotions were all over the place. My mood swings were crazy because, you know, not that like those medications are like a magic pill that let them, but like, it wasn't too extreme. I don't want to play it up like it was, but like, it made me really tired and I was, I was like almost passing out, almost throwing up, you know, so I had, I had an art history final and it's a nighttime class. So I was showing my friend my apartment and I felt like really sick on the train and I was like, I need, I'm going to throw up. (laughs) Like, um, I didn't, but I went home and I throw up and it was like four and the class was at like six o'clock and I had a final and I made myself throw up, went into my room. I don't even remember laying down. I wake up in my bed, sprawled out, fully closed with my clothes on, my boots it is nine thirty. The class ended at nine, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, I, I don't know if you guys know me, but I'm the type of person where if my p- attendance is not perfect, or the days that I'm am absent, I let my teacher know. I will lose it. So, this was like a situation that I was put in where like I didn't have my meds, and I, then I was put in a situation like this, and I was like, "We're gonna test how healed you really are, cat." Of course, I cried a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I did cry. But I was like, I took a deep breath, thought about it for a second, thought about it, thought about what just happened instead of just being like maths, sending an email to my professor like this happened, blah, 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 blah. And, and, you know, with the possibility of me like doing a bunch of uh, spelling mistakes, sounding, uh, you know, stressed out. I just I just sat down. I waited until the next morning. I cried though. I cried really bad. But it wasn't like a really messy cry. I was just like. Uh, like it was like that. And um, I sat down. Took a deep breath. Put on a good movie. Distracted myself. I never I never like to just have that as a cop out. But like distracted myself. Woke up the next morning. Wrote out a nice well-put-together, organized, informal um, email. Teacher was actually understanding about it. And that's a lesson for me. You know what? Shit happens, and it's how you deal with it. Like, there wasn't anything I could have done to prevent this because the pharmacy was just all over the place, no communication, and no matter if I called three weeks earlier or two weeks earlier, they probably still would have fucked it up. Now I just know to just be a little bit more on top of it. Think about stuff before I do it. And just be on top of my shit. And when when things do go wrong and when things do go bad, I can't let myself freak out. Like I could be upset, I can cry, I can, you know, be a little mad about it, but I can't let myself go to the next extreme. And honestly, in full honesty, I am surprised that I held my own when that happened, especially off my meds because is it is it's an anxiety and antidepressant. I'm I cried my eyes out for like an hour cuz never in my life have I fucked up that bad. But it's okay. Shit happens. Oh my god, I just closed my rings. You hit all three goals. Great job today, cat. That's how it's done. Um, but yeah that's just a lesson for everyone listen shit's gonna happen and it's gonna suck and it's not gonna be great sometimes it's it's going to feel like the end of the world like when I woke up and I saw that clock and it said 9 36 and I realized that I just missed an entire three-hour class how do you fuck up that bad (laughs) like be for real how does that even happen it did and it happened (laughs) I dealt with it and it's fine. Same thing when it comes to my job. Like, I'm a server. And if you're a server or at least work in restaurant business, it is not perfect sailing ever. Ever. Uh, you send out the wrong food. You send out the wrong wine or drink. You you know, sh- shit happens. Like chef leaves mid-shit. Like, it, it, shit just happens. As long as I'm putting myself in environments and keep challenging myself and learning to just get better... And I think that's what I did in the fall. And I think that's what I did over the summer too. Like I had just gotten over a relationship that just hurt me. It was heartbreak. I don't want to, I don't want to put it any other way. It was heartbreak. I really, really liked this person and they didn't like me back. And that was probably the first heartbreak I've ever had in my life. And I didn't take it with a grain of salt. I was mad about it. I was upset about it. I felt abandoned. I felt rejected, neglected. And I just took the easy route for six months. And during that time, I thought I did all this growing. I thought I did all this healing. But I just spent all that time forgetting about that person and trying to pretend like what I what I went through didn't hurt me. But it did. And I'm happy that it hurt me. I'm not happy that it hurt me, but I'm happy that I'm talking about it now. And not acting like it didn't happen and that that was a heartbreak in my life. Because when it happened, you know, I was just like, We're still friends and everything's fine and I never I never loved you and like that mentality it'll just hurt you in the end. Because the more that you, you know, push it down and act like it didn't happen, what are you even learning? Because then that's just gonna happen with the next person you like or the next person that you fall in love with. And I just spent all this time thinking like, you know, I was never... I never loved that person. You know, they they were just there for me when I needed them. And that's what I, you know, considered love. But I, I did love that person. I do love that person. But acting like it never happened and acting like it was all in my head and that it didn't matter made my life hell behind closed doors. Because I could put up... I can put a, I I put up this act, you know, probably... May of 2022 through god probably December and January of 2023 of like everything's fine I'm in my villain arc I'm I'm going to the gym every day and I'm you know like just whatever the fuck I thought I was doing was just was just a cop out and just the easy way out of just neglecting my own feelings and being mad at the person who neglected me and I'm neglecting myself that didn't help my borderline that didn't help my growth that didn't help me with anything that all that made me do was just be bitter towards that person when then i have this warped perception of this person that they're a liar when then you know i was just mad that i would no i wasn't mad i was upset that they didn't feel the way about me the way i felt about them and i think my childhood my 13 year old self felt abandoned and that's why I got up so upset over it. And that wasn't fair. It wasn't fair to project a feeling from the past and act like it was the same thing that was happening now. Because they're not one and the same. Because that person treated me great. Never had a friend like that in my life. I don't think a person like that will, will, will just come up again so easily. But at the same time, it was a learning lesson. I'm on good terms with that person, I don't hate that person, but acting like acting like I did was fucked up, and that that wasn't fair and I'm sorry if you're listening <laughs> um, but talking about it now is very therapeutic for me, and I've been grinding for like three months, four months now been working a lot getting a new apartment, searching for the apartment, you know, changing my major, keeping my grades perfect. It's not easy. And I I never want to be like, I'm doing all these things, like pat me on the back, like I'm just explaining what my day to day is. And that's why I've been a little tired, I've been a little loopy, but it's okay. That's life. Um, I think we're at like 40 minutes right now. Yeah. We're at 40. We'll go for two more. Yeah. So after this, if you guys care enough. I'm going to meal prep. I'm going to potentially work on another few assignments. I'm going to take a shower. Maybe watch beef on Netflix. Maybe watch some anime. Maybe I'll watch some JoJo. I just think the important part. Of my life right now. Is to keep my inner child in check. Keep her here. Because I, I let I let my adolescent self. Take over too much. When I feel abandoned. Or I feel like someone's going to hurt me. I turn my emotions off. And I become really cold. And I don't like that side of myself. You know it's great for work. When, when I need to you know. Separate my emotional self. And just work. That's great. And school that's great. But. When it comes to relationships, which I care about most, and I spent a lot of time acting like I didn't because a lot of the relationships in my life had hurt me so bad. I never want to lie to myself like that again for that long. I lied to myself for years, probably from when I was 11 until a couple months ago. I I never want to let that person take over my emotional state again because I don't like that side of myself. I don't, I don't I don't like when I become mundane and I become boring and I I'm, I'm mad and and I'm acting like I'm not mad and I I start to intellectualize every fucking thing that I say because then it none of this is even real, you know? None of it is even real if I if I just intellectualize every fucking thing that I say. This episode was some real shit. You know, not that you know not that the past ones weren't, but I was in a dark place. It was in a stagnant place for a long time this year. And I felt it. I felt it in August. I told I said it on here. I was like, I just don't feel like I'm moving forward. And I wasn't. I was just going through the motions of what I thought I deserved. And I, I just deserve so much more. I've worked my ass off since I've since I was 16. I've worked my ass off every day since then. Ever since, I, ever since I've ever since i been sober. Not a day has gone by where I'm like, all right, time to give up. Never. Ever. And I don't think I'm going to let that happen until I die. So I hope this was really helpful. I'm sorry that I'm so tired, but I can't help it. I'm just, I'm very tired and my bed looks really comfortable right now thank you guys so much for listening. I, I do appreciate it. And I know my listeners haven't been as crazy, but it's just, it's just been because I've been so busy. And by next episode, I'm pretty sure I'll be in my new apartment. I'm going to do a little studio setup, hopefully. I'm not going to promise that. But I'm just happy right now. And I feel like today was really great. Today was a great episode. Good talk. Very ther- therapeutic for me. And I hope it was therapeutic for you. Um, but yeah. I will uh, see you guys two Tuesdays from now. You can check out my website at katwisneski.com. I'll leave all this stuff in the the link in the bio. Uh, The link in the description below so you guys don't have to work through it. But thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in two Tuesdays. Bye.